Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. Money of M89.3. Good afternoon. It is drive time. I'm Elliot Danko. Time now for In the Spotlight. You know, Singapore is a hub of diversity and vibrancy, and it makes it an exceptional place to pursue a career in tourism. Yes, working in this field means interacting with visitors from all over the world, sharing our city's best-kept secrets, and it offers a window into exclusive behind-the-scenes experiences and endless unique opportunities. I mean, with a myriad of career options available, individuals can shape or curate the best visitor experiences. Our next guest oversees the floral display at the Flower Dome at Gardens by the Bay, and we're going to find out a little bit more about his experience in this role. On the line with me is Mayhan. Eng, who is Senior Assistant Director of Conservatory Operations at Gardens by the Bay. Good afternoon. How are you? Hi there, Elliot. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, thanks a lot for taking the time to speak with me. I understand that you are Senior Assistant Director of Conservatory Operations at Gardens by the Bay. What does this role entail? Tell us a bit more about your job. <laughs> That's a really good question. Um, one of the things I love about my job is that um, every single day is different. But in theory, I um, look after the operations um, here in the Flower Dome. And a lot of this revolves around making sure that um, our plants and flowers are in the best possible condition for our visitors to see. We want to bring a sense of wonder to our visitors. Um, and that includes uh, the changing floral displays that we work on. Right now, we do six to eight floral displays every year. And I'm really excited to say that um, I am involved in the team that works on putting all of these floral displays together. Together. I gotta admit, I had to Google the meaning of this. Uh, understand you're a horticulturist by training. <laughs> Google is telling me that this is a branch of agriculture that deals with the art, science, technology, and business of plant cultivation. I don't have green thumbs. <laughs> What's your secret? <laughs> Let me simplify this for all the listeners out there. Um, I work at Gardens by the Bay, so I always tell people I'm a gardener. And what oh, I do is gardening. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, What's what's your favorite part about this job? I mean, what inspired you to take it on? Um, I actually joined um, the gardens uh, about 10, almost 11 years ago, mainly because I was very much interested in plants and flowers. And I'm glad to say that I still am very much interested in plants and flowers. Um, the job allows me the opportunity to work with plants and flowers that we wouldn't normally uh, be able to grow here in our extreme equatorial heat here in Singapore. Um, it allows me to work with plant materials that are not quite native to our climate. And I find that really exciting. It allows me a great breadth of experiences uh, in terms of horticulture which is working with plants. And I also get to learn a lot about the various cultures associated with these plants. So okay. increasingly, as time has gone on, we've brought in more and more cultural elements uh, to our displays, which allows me to work with a varied, uh, diverse uh, group of people, sometimes from arts and culture groups, sometimes from foreign missions in Singapore, and uh, sometimes with institutions overseas. Recently, especially, we've also been able to you know, restart travel after COVID, and we've been able to learn from gardens as well as producers of plants throughout the world so that we're able to showcase the best of horticulture or gardening to Singapore and Singaporeans uh, so that they're able to visit, you know, temperate plants without even using their passport. Um, I'm going to guess here, would you happen to be the one involved in the, uh, the tulip garden then? 
Oh, yes. Actually, we are right in the middle of that. Um, we're opening our Tulip Mania display tomorrow. Okay. Um, that's really exciting. For Tulip Mania, we've really been all over the world um, throughout the last nine years. We've started out doing a lot of Dutch-themed displays, mm. which allowed us mm. to explore the Dutch culture around the tulips, which, um, you know, the Dutch are best known for the tulips. But this year, we're actually heading back to the origins of the tulip. Uh, we're looking at how they were first cultivated. They were taken out of the wild from eastern Anatolia in Turkey and been moved um, into cultivation by the Ottomans back in the 15th century in what is now modern-day Turkey. Wow, that's very far from from Holland. I mean, yes, I, 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 because you mentioned Ottomans, I'm like, wait a minute, yeah, 15th century, there was a bit of uh, conflict there as well. Um, Constantinus. Uh, so, okay, so what, and if we were to use this tulip as a bit of a case study, I'm actually quite excited about this. Um, what were some of the challenges in, in conceptualizing this? So conceptualizing it, um, we wanted to bring uh, as much as possible the richness and diversity of the Turkish culture okay. uh, to our gardens. And actually, we originally thought it might be quite challenging because people so much associate tulips with the Netherlands, mm. with Holland, with mm. windmills, with clogs. Um, but we've done our research uh, through this discovery of what we could do in our display. Uh, we also were fortunate enough to experience a trip to Turkey to fully understand this. And we realized that the tulip, or they call it lale, is so integral in all aspects of their design. So back in the 15th century, they were painting tulip flowers on Iznik tiles. They were having this motif in carpets and tapestries. They even do marble art painting. Uh, and the main one of the main icons of the marble art painting is, of course, a slightly abstract and weirdly really modern for being something so historic um, of a tulip. Wow. And and you would think, it's very interesting, you know, because speaking with you, you would think prior to this conversation that these exhibitions are really just out for flower lovers, but there is so much history and so much story to tell. How, how do you ensure that you don't just get that those plant lovers, you get a broader audience to, to Gardens by the Bay? Yep. So Gardens by the Bay, um, essentially, we, we initially did face this challenge. We were really worried that it only appeals to plant lovers, uh, mm. but increasingly we realized that we want to convert everybody to being a plant lover. <laughs> and through, <laughs> why not, right? Mm. Um, and to do that, we're bringing in cultural elements, we're bringing in different um, facets of the tulip culture here to Gardens by the Bay. So maybe you're not particularly interested in tulips and you're interested perhaps in the Iznik ceramics that we have brought in or the Turkish culture or even just coming for an Instagrammable day out. We've got this lovely uh, Ottoman pavilion, for example, which is really Instagrammable. And through that, hopefully we inspire a little bit of love for, in this case, our tulips. Actually, you know, you talk about Instagrammable moments. That's all it takes, right? A couple of these uh, influencers visiting these uh, exhibitions or, or flower exhibitions and everyone goes, hey, we got to go see it. Um, in particular, I wonder though, climate. I, I've always been fascinated by how Gardens by the Bay has been able to achieve the Sakura uh, yep. sort of exhibition. Climate does play a part. How big a challenge is that? So here at Gardens by the Bay, we feature a Mediterranean climate in our flower dome. Um, okay. And that was deliberately chosen because um, we are able to achieve that through the sustainable technology that we have uh, to create this reduced temperature environment, which is great for our visitors mm. who doesn't enjoy cold respite from <laughs> the heat outside in Singapore, yeah. uh, but also for the plants. So during the period of the Sakura and the tulips, we actually reduced the temperature slightly uh, from our normal operating temperature, which mimics 
early springtime conditions where these plants would naturally be in bloom. Wow. If I would, I mean, all of these sound like great achievements, but if I had to ask you to pick your biggest achievement, you know, in your years uh, in the role, which one would you choose? Which is your favorite? Oh, that's a really <laughs> difficult question. Uh, I wish this was, you know, something that I thought about earlier, but what I really derive um, enjoyment and great satisfaction from is watching everyday visitors coming to the gardens and being delighted. In fact, the best is like what you said earlier, where you have a family group coming and you can clearly tell this person may not be the flower lover of the family, but they end up having a happy experience here, either through discovering something new or learning something new or being able to experience something that they didn't think they would be able to experience. That sense of wonder and surprise is what really keeps me going after so many years in the yeah, job. Yeah. It's also quite interesting because I've observed this myself and I've been to, to these flower exhibitions quite a number of times. You see different generations of people, mm-hmm. uh, like the older generation and the kids as well, and how it really just amazes uh, the people that visit. It's kind of like a magic. I, I don't know if there's a secret to it, but um, what keeps you excited you know, to continue uh, in this job, in this industry? Ultimately, we are in a very strange industry, okay? So we are one of the very few horticulture attractions in the world. We're a tourist attraction as well as a place for people to enjoy horticulture or gardening, which is a really strange place to be in. It's very unique. One of the uh, most memorable things we've had was we actually got feedback from somebody. We did a peony show once mm. and we had a uh, model Peranakan house here. We, co- we worked very closely with the Asian Civilizations Museum and National Heritage Board as well as several other partners to create a very authentic experience with real vintage, uh, in fact, antique furniture, which was period furniture of the Peranakans. And somebody wrote in and Mm. said that their 84-year-old grandmother, I believe, was coming here and she was totally not interested until she saw Peranakan House, at which point she got out of her wheelchair and staggered onto the bench to sit down and she smiled. And that was so meaningful to that person. They wrote in and told us about it. So this is what I mean. You may not be here to look at the flowers, but we want to give everybody a meaningful experience and a sense of wonder when they visit Gardens by the Bay, a place surrounded by flowers, of course. Yeah, and it's those stories that really inspire you. I suppose uh, to wrap things up, if if I was uh, someone looking to enter the tourism industry, if I was young and looking to make this a career, what would your advice be to this person? My advice to this person would probably go for it. Go for it. You'll be surprised and it's really dynamic. Um, And at the end of even just one year working in the tourism industry, you'll have the most interesting stories to tell. Yeah, that is nice. I've been speaking with Mihail Ung, who is Senior Assistant Director of Conservatory Operations Gardens by the Bay. Thank you so much for your time today. Uh, Take care and have a great Thursday evening. Thank you, Elliot. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.